Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. The world is full of unseen forces. Let me be your guide as we lift the veil and peer into the face of the unknown. This is The Major's Well, your 101 guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey Majors, welcome, welcome, welcome. This week I'm speaking about shadow work. Within spirituality, there are those who are so desperate seeking the light that they are blind to their shadow. To quote Carl Jung, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. By seeking comfort in the light, we ignore the possibilities that the shadows hold. Possibilities of healing, wisdom and insight. We all have demons. We all have skeletons in our closet, aspects of ourselves that we'd rather keep hidden and out of view. We focus on the light and the things that society tells us is good, which is something that is easier and second nature to us than confronting our own darkness. But still, our demons haunt us. There's no rest, and they rear their heads in the most unexpected, and sometimes completely unforeseen way. The term shadow in the field of psychology was coined by Carl Jung, and it governs the aspects of ourselves that we've shunned and shamed. As a child, we've realised that certain traits get rewarded, while others result in punishment. It's these traits that we've pushed away, disassociated from, that we've attached stigma to, and developed certain modes of behaviour around, that actually may be outdated and harmful to us. What traits get deemed as unworthy and rejected depends on the perspective of those who have raised you. For example, my father was physically abusive. My mother always taught me that violence and aggression were terrible things, so I wouldn't turn out like my father. Today, I have very strong views on violence, which may or may not suggest that I have shadows that may need to be reintegrated. Jung believed that the suppression of aspects of ourselves can manifest in the form of addictions, 
low self-esteem, mental as well as physical illness. Carl Jung also said, quote, people will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own souls. They will practice Indian yoga and all its exercises, observe a strict regimen of diet, learn the literature of the whole world, all because they cannot get on with themselves and have not the slightest faith that anything useful could ever come from their own souls. Thus the soul has gradually been turned into a Nazareth from which nothing good can come. You see, they often stem from trauma, these aspects of shadow. Now what you see as traumatic today is very different to how a younger child you would have seen trauma. For example, your favourite toy being taken away may have been traumatic, whereas today, with an older adult you, it may be something like being involved in a car crash. A lot of our shadow has come from being hurt and trying to protect ourselves so we don't get hurt again. What you've committed to the shadows as a child may not even be negative. It could just be something that your caregivers didn't appreciate and as you were dependent on them to meet all your needs, you pushed that trait away. Sometimes there's a difference between who we think we are and who we actually are. Think of it like this. As a child, we were performers of a sort, and our audience were our caregivers. We had to put on a good show and give them what they wanted in order to ensure our survival, as we were dependent on that happy and entertained audience. Therefore, certain things didn't make the cut and weren't performed, and as a result, they've been forgotten and dust has gathered on them. The shadow gets pushed into the unconscious part of the brain. It's this area that heavily governs our behaviour, reactions, thoughts, emotions, relationships, likes, dislikes, and so on. It makes its presence known through dreams, emotions, our thoughts, and reactions. Now, to try tame or suppress the unconscious brain, it's like trying to tame our wild side. We will only become wilder. The Greeks had a good understanding of the different aspects of ourselves, and they worshipped these traits as gods and goddesses. Ignore one of the gods, i.e. an aspect of shadow, and they would destroy you. Now the Greek gods, they may have been petty, but they displayed behaviour that is human. The fact that the Greeks made their pantheon so fallible suggests to me that they had a better relationship and less shame around these shadow aspects than we do today. And it can be a very painful process, shadow work. You are essentially looking at what you've rejected and suppressed in order to be loved. It's uncomfortable. It's a healing process, and it's called work for a reason. Survival mechanisms may be triggered. You may relive things that are deeply traumatic and uncomfortable. And if you've had a traumatic past, I would definitely proceed with caution, and maybe even with a professional. But the thing is, we all have shadows, and these shadows, they play out every day. They govern what we deem our darker traits, and they can wreak havoc if they aren't integrated. Often, there are patterns in our life. These patterns are created by us subconsciously, often by our shadows, in order for us to reintegrate them. If you are experiencing, or rather you've noticed patterns, is there something that needs to be healed and reintegrated? Your shadow 
may be chasing you. Now there are some who are opposed to shadow work, quoting the law of attraction, saying that you'll bring in and attract more shadows. And there is a difference between thinking positive and thinking positive as a form of escapism. It's kind of like how I explained the tarot card to my clients. The tower has been dubbed the worst card in the deck. It's like your life as you know it gets ripped away, and this is as painful as much as you grip on. And it's the same with positive thoughts to try and overcome and ignore the shadow. If you keep suppressing it with peace, love, light, and positive vibes, the next time the pattern occurs, it's gonna swing bigger and bolder to try and make you aware that something has got to change, i.e. it's time to reintegrate. Also, there is only so much you can fragment yourself, and there's only so many traits to suppress. It's not like a never-ending cycle once you begin shadow work. What are the different aspects of shadow? Well, there's loads, but I'm gonna highlight the main ones. Often, when we self-sabotage, it shows that there's a shadow there. Self-sabotage can take many forms, but the main one, for most of us, is believing that we're not good enough in whatever capacity. We're not this and we're not that. We'll compare ourselves to others and we'll beat ourselves up when we don't match up. How often does this limit us? Affirming to yourself I am enough is a very easy first step to countering this. Judging people is another big sign that there's a shadow. Judging is a way we reassure ourselves that we are in the right and we wouldn't do whatever we're judging. I'm going to hold my hands up and I'm going to say that I'm terrible for judging. It's something I'm working on and a little bit of a light bulb moment for me was when I read that when we judge people, we do it because we wrongly assume everyone is doing it to us and it places an immense amount of pressure on us and we perpetuate this cycle. Projection is where we place traits or behaviours that we see as undesirable onto other people. And it can be done to get rid of feelings that we can't face or have buried. And this quote from Harry J. Steed stums it up perfectly well, as well as the judging aspect. Quote, Each of our relationships assists us in making conscious of who we really are. And if we perceive a moral deficiency in others, we can be sure that there is a similar inferiority within ourselves. Another way we shield and hide from the shadow is that we paint ourselves as victims and therefore justify our behaviours and actions that come up from this space. But what can we do? Well the aim of shadow work is to make the unconscious conscious. There are many approaches to the work aspect of shadow work and I'm going to highlight some. So the first step of shadow work is becoming aware of your shadow. The aim is to reintegrate your shadow aspects. You can't start working if you don't know what you need to work on. And it's our desire to perceive ourselves as good that blocks us from connecting with our shadow side. So we need to recognize and have acceptance that we have shadows. It's through admitting that there's darkness and accepting it that there can be transformation. How do you find evidence of darkness? Well, what triggers you is often a warning signal as to what needs integrating. Triggers usually give rise to an intense or uncomfortable emotion that make you want to react and maybe even lash out. Use these triggers to see what needs to be healed. 
sit with them and be curious with what they are trying to tell you and see what the root issue is. It's scenarios like your colleague is too aggressive, annoying, whatever. You may have a strong emotional reaction to this. This shows that there is a shadow beneath this feeling, as we tend to not have strong emotions and reactions against traits that we endorse and identify with, be it negative or positive. Another good practice is writing a list of your positive attributes and then write a list that's the opposite of each of these traits to see what you've disowned or repressed. It's a good way to start the ball rolling. And no emotion is bad, it's just how we've been conditioned around that emotion as to how we react to it. And no emotion is bad, it's just how we've been conditioned around that emotion as to how we react to it. It's okay to feel bad. If you perceive an emotion as bad, that's a portal for you to go into your underworld and heal that wound surrounding the emotion. The aim isn't to eliminate these feelings, but to form acceptance around them and remove the shame. Therefore, being in this emotion won't be as uncomfortable next time. Asking yourself, why am I feeling this emotion and waiting for the answer is a powerful technique, but it does require a level of patience. Wait for the answer to naturally present itself, rather than forcing one. These emotions often come up when dealing with people. What's your internal dialogue like? If you are saying things like, I'm not good enough, or if you're constantly criticising yourself? Which, you need shadow work. It's going to require you to have an understanding, as well, of those who have hurt you, and to let that blame go. They were acting in the way they did because of their wounds and conditioning, and they may have been trying to do the best they could with what they had. It takes a lot to realise that we have unhealthy habits, patterns and beliefs that we've picked up in what seems like they were vital for survival. It can be disorientating to realise that these have been causing pain. Patience and self-compassion are vital during this process, and there's a certain level of responsibility for owning your own mistakes, and admitting to them, too. Now this next one is particularly powerful when revisiting childhood traumas. A useful technique to do is think when you were triggered, ask for the last time you felt this emotion, sit with it and let it surface, and then ask for the first time that you experience this emotion. Often, it relates to a point in your childhood, and then you would speak to the younger you, and you would let the child fully express themselves, and then reimagine the memory so it satisfies the younger you. This is powerful, but also make sure that you are ready to face the childhood traumas, as you may find something that you do not like. What I've usually experienced, and from what I've read, the subconscious doesn't tend to throw things at you that you're not ready to heal, usually, but please be cautious. There's a principle within shamanism that the dark or mean thoughts we have about ourselves come from underworld spirits. The idea is that when some people die, they cross over to the other side, and if some don't, these are the people that haven't worked on their issues, they tend to be stuck in like an underworld realm, 
In order to try escape it, they attach themselves to suitable people who are still alive. They will speak to you in your own voice, so you think it's you speaking. And they do this to hide themselves and to give themselves credibility. They aren't being evil or malicious, it's just what they know and they're just trying to survive. Now let's say you suffer a trauma in your childhood. My abusive father, for example. Let's say I've not healed from that and there is a frequency or a wound. An underworld spirit who has had a similar living experience will be attracted to that frequency or wound and start to impart their feelings or thoughts onto me and making me believe that it's just an aspect of myself when it actually isn't. I want to stress these entities, they aren't evil, they're just doing what they know. What do you do? Well, when you have a dark thought, recognise it as one of these shadow spirits. Acknowledge it and be respectful. You can learn a lot about yourself from these spirits. Ask why does it give you the thought that it's giving you, and keep asking until you get a breakthrough. Once this happens, you need to release it, so thank it for its message, and ask it to pass over. Ken Wilbur developed a technique called the 3-2-1 shadow process, and it's basically where you talk to someone in the third, second, and then the first perspective. And it's someone who invokes an emotion in you, be it positive or negative, though it's easier to begin with if it's a person who has negative associations. Step 1. Imagine this person and describe the reaction that you have from their behaviour. You can speak it out loud or journal it. Say what you need to say, don't structure it or lessen what you feel, like go to town with this and use the third person, i.e. he, she, they, to speak. Step 2. Imagine having a conversation with this person using second-person wording, like you, your, yours. Tell them what triggers you, or what they invoke in you, and ask them questions like, what are you trying to show me? Why are you doing this? What do you want? What are you trying to teach? And so on, you, you get the vibe. Step three, become this person, and adopt the behaviors that cause an emotional response in you. Use the first person, I, me, mine, it's going to feel awkward, but keep going and identify what you're feeling and express it. Like, now I feel angry, now I feel annoyed, and so on. And also name what triggers you. Let's say you have that aggressive colleague. I am angry, I am threatening, I am aggressive, and so on. If you're interested, I've created some journal prompts that I've just put onto my Patreon, as well as a guided meditation where I talk about going into your shadow feelings and healing from a difficult emotion and memory around that feeling. But for deep traumas, I'd recommend working with a trained professional who specializes in trauma. I think shadow work offers some serious value and insights into who we are at a core level. It strips away layers of conditioning of who we thought we have to be. And to me, it helps us along the path of authenticity. In the words of Joseph Campbell, a famous mythologist, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And majors, that's it. 
that's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path. I also want to connect you to information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majors Well community, as well as being in the communal sugarpot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Majors Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you'd wish to share at themajorswell at gmail.com, and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. The poem this week is by Joy Harjo, and it's called I Give You Back. Oh, and just as a heads up, there is a slight trigger warning with this because it talks about war and the horrors that go alongside it. I release you, my beautiful and terrible fear. I release you. You were my beloved and hated twin, but now I don't know you as myself. I release you with all the pain I would know at the death of my children. You are not my blood anymore. I give you back to the soldiers who burned down my home, beheaded my children, raped and sodomized my brothers and sisters. I give you back to those who stole the food from our plates when we were starving. I release you, fear, because you hold the scenes in front of me and I was born with eyes that can never close. I release you, I release you, I release you, I release you. I am not afraid to be angry. I am not afraid to rejoice. I am not afraid to be black. I am not afraid to be white. I am not afraid to be hungry. I am not afraid to be full. I am not afraid to be hated. I am not afraid to be loved. To be loved, to be loved, fear. Oh, you have choked me, but I gave you the leash. You have gutted me, but I gave you the knife. You have devoured me, but I laid myself across the fire. I take myself back, fear. You are not my shadow any longer. I won't hold you in my hands. You can't live in my eyes, my ears, my voice, my belly, or in my heart, my heart my heart. But come here, fear, I am alive, and you are so afraid of dying. Peace out, witches.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.